0: Welcome to journeywithjesus.net, a weekly webzine for the global church. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin. My essay this week is called 488 Years Later, Resources for Black History Month. It's based upon the lectionary readings for Sunday, January the 26th, 2014. On this Monday, January 20, Americans will observe Martin Luther King, Jr. Day. Ronald Reagan signed the holiday into law way back in 1983. And then, beginning in 1986, the third Monday in January has been a federal holiday to honor the birthday of the great pastor, Nobel Peace Prize winner, and civil rights leader. And then, close upon its heels, February is Black History Month. The first African slaves were brought to what's now the United States by Spanish explorers in 1526 to a settlement near present-day South Carolina that lasted only three months, and then again in 1565 to another settlement that founded the city of St. Augustine, Florida. Thanks to a letter from the Jamestown colonist John Rolfe, we also know about the first blacks in British North America. In a letter of January 1620 to Sir Edwin Sandys, the treasurer of the Virginia Company back in London, Rolfe describes how in late August of 1619 a pirate ship named the White Lion landed about thirty miles from Jamestown. He writes that the commander of the ship, Captain Job, and here I quote, brought not anything but twenty and odd negroes, which the governor and Cape Marchant bought at the best and easiest rates they could. End quote. Four days later, another pirate ship called the Treasurer arrived with more Africans. These blacks ended up in America after being bought by Portuguese slave traders in Angola, then stolen by pirates off the coast of Mexico, which pirates later landed near Jamestown. If you do the arithmetic That makes for 488 years of black history in America. By 1860, the U.S. Census identified four million slaves in America. It's taken a long time, but we've come a long way. And, as is obvious, we still have a long way to go. I'm grateful for Martin Luther King Day in Black History Month as opportunities to reflect on our country's past, present, and future, as it pertains to America's 40 million black citizens. A few years ago, I observed Black History Month by reading some primary materials on the subject. Of the wealth of many good options, I chose three slave narratives. First, The Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, 1845. Then, The Narrative of Sojourner Truth, 1850. And finally, Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl, 1861 by Harriet Jacobs. This week, a journey with Jesus to help you honor Black History Month and to kickstart your own thinking. We've suggested some books films, and poetry that have been reviewed across the years at Journey with Jesus. If you go to our website, you can click on the links for the complete reviews. So here, without further ado, are a number of books that might help thinking about Black History Month and Martin Luther King Day, all of them reviewed at Journey with Jesus. First, Michelle Alexander, The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness, 2010. James Allen, Hilton Ailes, Congressman John Lewis, and Leon Litwack. The title, Without Sanctuary, Lynching Photography in America, 2000. Number three, Harry Belafonte, with Michael Schneerson. The title of the book, Harry Belafonte, My Song, 2011. Then there's the standard and classic work by Lerone Bennett, Before the Mayfowler, A History of Black America, 1962. Bertice Berry. The Tie That Binds, A Memoir of Race, Memory, and Redemption, 2009. Devon Carbado and Donald Weiss, Editors, the title of the book, The Long Walk to Freedom, Runaway Slave Narratives, 2012. Philip Dre At the Hands of Persons Unknown, The Lynching of Black America, 2002. Drew Gilpin Faust, president of Harvard, by the way, a book called This Republic of Suffering, Death in the American Civil War, 2008. Then there are two books by Adam Hochschild, Bury the Chains, Prophets and Rebels in the Fight to Free an Empire's Slave, 2005, and then his highly awarded book, King Leopold's Ghost, a Story of Greed, Terror, and Heroism in Colonial Africa, 1999. Gwen Ifill, the host of the PBS NewsHour, has a book, The Breakthrough, Politics and Race in the Age of Obama, 2009. Beverly Lowry, Harriet Tubman, a Biography, 2007. Manning Marable won a Pulitzer Prize for his book, Malcolm X, A Life of Reinvention, 2011. Mark Knoll, a historian at Notre Dame. An interesting book, The Civil War as a Theological Crisis, 2006. David S. Reynolds, a fascinating book, Mightier Than the Sword, Uncle Tom's Cabin, in the Battle for America, 2011. Eugene Robinson, also a Pulitzer Prize winner and journalist for the Washington Post. Disintegration, the splintering of Black America, 2010. A brand new book from this year by Charles Henry Rao, the editor the title is called Angles of Ascent, a Norton anthology of contemporary African American poetry. Almost 20 years ago, I read the book by David Shipler A Country of Strangers, Blacks and Whites in America, 1997. One of the best books I've read in the last 12 months by Jean Theo Harris. The Rebellious Life of Mrs. Rosa Parks, 2013. And finally, another Pulitzer Prize winner, Isabel Wilkerson, The Warmth of Other Suns, from 2010. Then a number of movies that we've reviewed at Journey with Jesus, And similarly, you can go to our website and click on these reviews for a fuller discussion. A new movie just out a couple months ago, 12 Years a Slave, 2013. 20 Feet from Stardom, 2013. The Jackie Robinson movie, 42, 2012. Quentin Tarantino's movie Django Unchained, 2012. The controversial film by Spike Lee, Do the Right Thing, 1989. I highly recommend the movies Eyes on the Prize, 1987 and 1990. This is a 14-hour, 7-DVD, PBS documentary on the American Civil Rights Movement. At the end of 2013 was the powerful film Fruitvale Station. Similarly, about the same time, Lee Daniels, the butler, based on a true story. In 2012, the excellent movie, Lincoln, from 2009, the very controversial movie, Precious, the movie, Ray, 2004, the historical drama, Red Tails, 2012, also on our website the classic 1994 movie Shawshank Redemption. Another favorite music movie of mine, Standing in the Shadows of Motown 2002. And then the movie based upon the very successful book The Help 2011. And from 2003 Tupac, Resurrection. And finally, in the movie department, I highly recommend the movie Unchained Memories, Readings from the Slave Narratives, 2003. And finally, we've also suggested some poetry. If you go to our poetry website in the drop-down menu, you can search these poems by Maya Angelou. Paul Dunbar, Langston Hughes, Martin Luther King, and Phyllis Wheatley. 488 Years of Black History For books this week, I review a title by Bill McKibben. It's called Oil and Honey, The Education of an Unlikely Activist. New York Times Books, 2013, 255 pages. For over thirty years Bill McKibben has fashioned himself as a writer of the environmental movement. His first of a dozen books was called The End of Nature, 1989, which has been translated into twenty languages. His book, Deep Economy 2007, argued for a quiet revolution begun by ordinary people with the stuff of our daily lives. That was followed by a book in 2010 called Earth, a ruthlessly realistic elegy that admitted that since humanity had permanently altered our planet, there was little to do but adjust ourselves to the consequences. This, his newest book, Oil and Honey, is different. It's a memoir that describes how a few years ago McKibben woke up to the uncomfortable realization that writing was not enough. Education and explanation, with the hope that reason would prevail, weren't working. Changing light bulbs, says McKibben, was a start, but now it was time to change the system. He writes, I willed myself to become someone other than who I had been. This book is the story of that education. McKibben has thus moved from mere engagement of ideas to moral resistance and even civil disobedience. With the help of seven students at Middlebury College in Vermont where he teaches, He founded the organization called 350.org. Their first foray in 2009 kick-started 5,200 rallies in 181 countries. McKibben has taken on the President and Congress over the Keystone XL pipeline, and the oil companies that now spend $100 million every day looking for still more fossil fuel to burn. His latest move is to pressure endowment portfolios into divestment, much like the apartheid movement. So much for oil. What about the honey? About this same time, McKibben befriended a Vermont beekeeper named Kirk Webster. And so, roughly half the book describes how in 2011, the two men began collaborating on a 50-acre farm that McKibben purchased and that Webster tends. And so, a stark contrast. When he's not jetting around the world, or doing time in jail, you can find McKibben farming with Webster, an unmarried man who loves what he does and doesn't even own a computer. In other words, act globally, act locally. Bill McKibben, oil and honey. For movies this week, we go to Palestine in a very powerful documentary. It's called Five Broken Cameras, 2012. Imad Bernat is a Palestinian peasant in the village of Bilin in the West Bank. He's married, has four young boys, and lives off the land, picking olives. He's also a very brave videographer. When the Israeli bulldozers, backhoes, and front-end loaders moved into their Palestinian lands to build settlements and a separation wall, Bernat filmed the organized protests of the local villagers. This is as close as you ever want to get to the violence of the state brought to bear on a popular resistance. Tear gas, riot gear, undercover agents, helicopters, night raids, snipers, the arrest of children, and martyrs. It's an endless cycle, says Bernat. It takes courage to turn anger into something positive. The movie's title comes from the five cameras that Bernat used, all of which were smashed as he filmed The Uprisings from 2000 to 2006. This film is mainly in Arabic with English subtitles. I watched this on Netflix streaming. Once again the title, Five Broken Cameras. For poetry this week, we posted a very powerful poem by Scott Cairns. Cairns was born in 1954. He earned his PhD at the University of Utah. He's an American poet, memoirist, librettist, and essayist. He's the Catherine Payne Middlebush Chair in English at the University of Missouri. This week, we've posted the poem Possible Answers to Prayer Your petitions, though they continue to bear just the one signature, have been duly recorded. Your anxieties, despite their constant relatively narrow scope and inadvertent entertainment value, nonetheless serve to bring your person vividly to mind. Your repentance, all but obscured beneath a burgeoning yellow fog of frankly more conspicuous resentment, is sufficient. Your intermittent concern for the sick, the suffering, the needy poor, is sometimes recognizable to me, if not to them. Your angers, your zeal, your lip-smackingly righteous indignation toward the many whose habits and sympathies offend you. These must burn away before you'll apprehend how near I am. With what fervor I adore precisely these, the several who rouse your passion. Possible Answers to Prayer Scott Cairns Thank you for joining us at journeywithjesus.net for Sunday, January 26, 2014, celebrating Martin Luther King Day in Black History Month. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin.